Welcome to The Real, the podcast where we talk about the entertainment that we consume and what we really think about it. I'm one of your hosts, Michael, and I definitely would have been infected because I can't stay away from that sweet, sweet gluten. And this week I'm joined by my co-host, friend, and I think would be probably somebody that could get a small child across most of the United States uh, through his wits and means. Jesse, how you doing, Jesse? I'm doing all right, man. You, you flatter me, but I think I would be dead very early on in all of this so <laughs> maybe not <laughs> and by all of this what are you meaning jesse what's our topic for this week we are talking about the last of us and to be specific the adaptation of the acclaimed 2013 video game that has been remastered several times now and was adapted into an hbo series that's what we're getting into today. Yeah. And before we started this, uh, Jesse and I were talking. Uh, we're probably, if you haven't seen the show, um, uh, unfortunately, you probably aren't going to be able to listen to a lot of this podcast if you're uh, scared of spoilers, because it, it's kind of hard to get into the the meat of this. Um, th- there's like spoilers, like very hard spoilers in like the very first episode that kind of set up the rest of the show. And so what we're going to do is talk a little bit about video game adaptations. Um, I'm going to share my thoughts a little bit around uh, kind of getting into this. Uh, and I think that's really it. And then we're going to get into pretty hard spoilers from this point on. Yeah, given the events of the series and, you know, the game as well, it's it's just any clear feedback without some spoilers. So a little change up in the format, but... Before we even talk about The Last of Us, one thing I was curious about, Michael, when we were preparing for this episode, have you ever seen a video game adaptation that you've actually enjoyed prior to this? Uh, I feel like in the back of my mind, there's something that at least was fun, but not enjoyable. Let me... I, f- I feel like there is one, but I'm trying to remember what it is. Uh, you want to chew on it for a moment? Yeah, I'll... let me chew on it. And <laughs> Because I knew I was going to ask you this question, and then I thought, ah, crap, do I even have one that I enjoyed? Am I going to have <laughs> mud all over my face after asking him this? And really, it's to your point, I don't know that there's ever been a truly stellar video game adaptation. Um, I think I did like the Tomb Raider movie with Alicia Vikander, I thought was pretty good, although it was not perfect. And then, of course, that movie did not do very well at the box office, so I don't think they're planning on doing any more of those with her, which, of course... um, there was Pokemon Detective Pikachu, which was pretty fun. Again, not perfect. It's it's pretty slim pickings, man. Yeah, and I'm I'm trying to go through it, and I feel like was the last you, Starfighter an actual game, or was that just purely from the movie? Oh, my parents love that movie. I mean, that's a solid. Though that's what I'm trying to remember. I'm like, is it one? Yeah, it was. Yeah, so it was a game. So it was a game, a faithful recreation of the arcade as seen in the movie, 
It was well, available for Atari. Yeah. So there you go. That's one. The last Starfighter. <laughs> 40 which, years ago. <laughs> <laughs> which has nothing to do really with uh, the game itself really at all. Um, I think, yeah, d- what, Detective Pikachu is kind of fun. Um, it's yeah it's not nothing special it's it's fun for it doesn't make you hate the existence of that ip in a film um i would also say that is the pokemon animated series technically an adaptation of the video game uh maybe yeah, I mean, now we're getting really, really into what's an adaptation. I mean, admittedly, I just suggested Last Starfighter, which <laughs> it's, it's nothing to do with that. But yeah. And this is kind of par for the course for how rough it's been for video game adaptations as a I mean, whole. Yeah. And I think setting the table pretty nicely here for just... I, I don't think they've ever really... And by they, I mean studios and, you know, executives in Hollywood and whatnot. But I don't know that they've ever fully the source material of these games that seriously. I think they see something popular and figure they can just kind of hack it up and stuff it into a tentpole type summer blockbuster and it's going to be all good. And they're... This hasn't been a lot of care or really sure that these are adapted faithfully or what the best way to adapt these even is. And sometimes you see something where it is certainly way too long to fit or to be stuffed into a 90 minute, two hour runtime. And yet that's. That was the case for a long time. They would just take a popular video game and be like, yeah, summer blockbuster. And then it would totally suck. And everybody would seem kind of confounded on why that was the case. And nobody was really getting it, you know? I don't know what you're talking about, Jesse. Double Dragon from 1994 (laughs) was a masterpiece of cinema. (laughs) My God, I forgot about Double Dragon. (laughs) I mean, admittedly, like when you brought this up, now I'm going down a real dark hole of like all the adaptations. There's the Hitman movie. Oh, that was terrible. Which Uh, is such a bummer because Timothy Oliphant could have done really well with them. Yeah. Gosh. Or at least Uh, fun, maybe. Yeah. Um, oh, Rampage with the man. The Rock is just. I'm I'm starting to lose faith in The Rock a lot. I mean, admittedly, this movie's from 2018, but still, like uh, the Prince of Persia, the Sands of Time. That one was barf, mediocre, tepid at best. Uh, if you want to watch Jake Gyllenhaal wanting to make wanting to make out with the hot girl for two hours, that's the movie <laughs> for you. Oh my gosh, Monster Hunter. Um, that one was just atrocious compared to the game. Street Fighter uh, with Van Damme. Oh yeah, I mean that one's classic though. With the, how bad it is. Oof. I don't want to go too far down this, but since we're here, what are your what is your stance on both the original Mortal Kombat movie and then the more recent one? Oh, um, I think. I the, think- 
I think there's been more than just those two, but yeah, there was um, Annihilation was also there. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, But the original Mortal Kombat, I remember watching it a lot as a kid um, and it was fun, but like, no, like I've gone back and watched it and it is just terrible. Uh, So, yeah. And then the more recent one, I mean, it was interesting, but also it felt way too much like it was trying to set up a, a franchise Mm -hmm. quickly and fast. And I didn't really enjoy that. Um, Oh, there are a lot of Mortal Kombat movies. Mortal Kombat yeah. Conquest, Mortal Kombat Legacy. What I don't I know any of these. Yeah. I as soon as I said it, I, would, I thought, oh yeah, there's a lot more than just those two. But, uh, now I know what I'm doing. There was also the Dead or Alive movie, which was a real classic. God, they're just so terrible. It, so it's been rough, is yeah. Um one that I was curious about. And I, it's been in my queue for a little while, and I haven't even played the game. I just heard the show was pretty good. Was Arcane League of Legends on Netflix? Hmm. Um, haven't watched it, so can't weigh in. Haven't played the game, so can't really speak to that either. But this is what we deal with as video game <laughs> fans, and when these stories that truly, if you know, given the time and the effort. You know, it could be something that translates very well to a different medium. And I think that's just been the case that they figure, yeah, we'll just throw this in and it'll be what it is and nobody will care. But we have cared and <laughs> video game fans have cared. And so anytime something beloved gets that green light for a, a future adaptation, especially something like The Last of Us, which... For those who don't know or haven't played the game, Naughty Dog, the developer, creates and presents their games in a very cinematic presentation style. And so it, it lends itself very well to something like this. And But the idea of it being butchered like some of these other properties have been is almost just too much for fans to bear and they don't even, they don't even want to see it through really uh, out of, uh, you know, just that, that letdown that that is to come. Yeah. I think it's, um, that kind of similar to the topic we had talked about. Oh, doom. Oh, I totally forgot about that doom movie. Oh yeah. See Rocky, man, you <laughs> suck, bro. I yeah. love you, but you're killing us. Uh, sorry, that was a tangent. Um, <laughs> I, dude, I totally forgot about Doom. They real quick in Doom, they even tried. You remember they did like first person, yep, like shots, like it was from the game, and it just looked like crap. It, it was so bad. It was so bad. Oh, gosh, um, but that's. I mean, it, it's similar to a topic uh, from last week. Um, or what was last week's episode, really, the one we did on Monday. Um, I, I feel tepid, you know, uh, concern, um, cautions about, like, you know, the 40K um, universe being brought to um, a live-action type setting. Uh, there's a lot of animation stuff out there, and that that can, it's usually in a little bit smaller bits, so it can really focus in, and there's less care 
paid to it, I think, um, yeah. in the sense of like budgetary stuff, not to say that people don't care about it, but it's less of a high budget type thing where people are spending hundreds of millions of dollars on something. Um, and that's kind of just always been the thing with uh, video game movies. So I've never played a Naughty Dog. All right. So I should say that I never played Last of Us. Um, I just haven't had a PlayStation and that's really where those lived for a very long time and only very recently have they come to uh the pc master race uh sphere mm -hmm. um <laughs> i i have to say like this i've i've always known naughty dog to be good at storytelling um mm -hmm. i you know seen plenty of videos that have talked about you know the last of us and um what's that other one uh with that they they did the oh they did that other movie with uh what's his face in it um spider-man yeah, Tom Holland was in the Uncharted adaptation, which I did not see. I seemed like people thought it was okay, but it was not. as soon as well, as soon as Mark Wahlberg is supposed to be playing an old man as Tom Holland's sidekick, I was like, okay, I'm I'm out. I'm not even going to waste my time. I mean, the best part of that though is that he was actually supposed to start out as Drake, but it took them so long in development hell that they eventually shifted him to be the older guy because he couldn't play the young guy anymore, quote unquote. So <laughs> that just shows you like how long that was in development where they're like, yeah, Marky Mark can do this. And then, oop, Marky Mark's old. I mean, he looks exactly the same. So that's just absurd. But um, <laughs> yeah, I, I think that does speak a lot to what happens to just the development of a lot of these properties and these adaptations. And I think, again, the fear with the fans, you know, to your point is that, well, these are already kind of like playable movies and less <laughs> video games. Do we even need adaptations really? Like it's kind of right there to begin with. It struggles because I can go online and find like, all the cutscenes from particular games. And I've done it before mm -hmm. where I just want to know the story of the game. So I just watch all the yeah. cutscenes together. And that was even a thing that um, a while back uh, they did it. They were upset about smash brothers. I feel like Nintendo for a while. They were like, um, they, they were mad that people could just like go watch the cutscenes without playing the game. So they didn't even put any cutscenes in the game whatsoever. It was like, a, I, I'm, don't quote me on that, but I feel like that was like, it was kind of that story. They were just like, oh, people are just going to go online and watch it. So what's the point of even doing it type thing? It sounds just, like something Nintendo would do. Yeah. Yeah. A very Nintendo-y thing. But um, yeah, it's it's true. Most video games uh, nowadays almost can be, you know, just slightly more interactive movies. Mm -hmm. Well, and I think there was even a YouTuber who took all the cutscenes from the first last of us game and and don't quote me on this because i'm not 100 percent, but i think even like somehow tweaked like some of the shots a little bit and ed did some editing so that it like literally just flowed together like it was an animated movie and it was critically acclaimed and i think that that person wound up getting a job at Naughty Dog because of how well that was received. So kudos to that person, but it, it just goes to show that this was already like, well, does it really need an adaptation? You know? Yeah. Um, but it got one and here we are. Yeah.
Um, before we get into spoilers and stuff, I actually was very hesitant on watching the show just because I had, like I said, I hadn't played the game, yeah. so I didn't really care about anything. And I, I was truly just because of the mindset of previous video game stuff. I was like, I'm gonna wait. Like Lindsay even asked, she was like, Do you want to watch it? And I was like, eh, I'm not super into it. Don't really care. Uh, we can give it a shot, sure, type uh, thought process, which changed very quickly when we actually started watching it. So when we start talking about that here, I'll share those thoughts. But yeah, I think just to kind of give a generalized spoiler free impression of the show as a whole. Thank God they didn't screw this up, <laughs> you know, uh, it. It, it and the bar was low, but I feel like they surpassed previous adaptations of other games and and then some, to say the least. So that was certainly a relief. Yeah, I agree. They, I, I think it's if you're unsure, if you haven't seen it, if you're not, you know, you're like, I don't really care about video games. I don't think you have to care about video games to appreciate this yeah. story um, and the characters in it and how they tell it. I think it's great and worth mm -hmm. the watch still yeah and with that i think we can do some spoilers for the bulk <laughs> of this yeah i mean i mean now we're just going to be talking about the, the show itself so if you haven't watched it and want to watch it and we're on the fence um i don't know why we're the tipping point for you but um this is the point to stop listening <laughs> you you flatter us listeners by coming to us for our, our sage counsel. So we, we see you and thank you. Um, <laughs> I think I can paint a little picture for you, Miguel, because I had played the game and it's it had been a long time. I, I didn't catch any of the remasters, but I did play the, the PlayStation 3, the original version of this. And I so I knew everything that was going to happen. And Natalie, of course, you know, my wife had not played the games, was brand new to all of this. And so it was kind of an interesting proposition for me when we first started watching this because of what happens in that first episode. Um, and that was going to be my cue on whether this story narrative, which I thought would lend itself very well if adapted properly um, to being viewed by a wider audience and, you know, being presented in a different medium. And so this first episode was kind of, it's, they call it a pilot, but it, it, it really was. It was like kind of our, the maiden voyage to see whether or not this would be something that would grip someone who hadn't played the game. So that was, that was an interesting experiment for me when we started watching. And for those, you know, we're in the spoilers section now, this is very gut wrenching first episode because of how it ends. It's also more gut wrenching, I think in the series because you spend a lot more time with Sarah in this first episode, in this pilot, than you do in the opening sequence of the video game, like a lot more. <laughs> and so when you get to that point where 
tragically is killed and her father joel magnificently by pedro pascal throughout this series and he's holding her in his arms and doesn't know what to do Oof. I, the tears were flowing, man, from <laughs> Natalie and from myself a little bit. And I was like, God dang. I, <laughs> this was gut-wrenching the first time around, but this, this is way worse. Sheesh. So, yeah, that was that was my cue when that it evoked in so many, you know, so many fans of the video game. Then that convinced me. I was like, yeah, I think. I think they're on to something here and this might actually live up to the hype. Yeah. I would say I was, like I said, I was unsure if I wanted to uh, continue with this just yeah. because, um, or like even start it. Cause I was so unsure of it being a video game adaptation. But like after that first episode, I was like, okay, I'm in like, this is like, I, 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 I know the story of last of us. Like I've seen enough YouTube videos talking about it. I've seen enough stuff. So there's no surprise for me. And especially after the last of us, mm -hmm. um, part two is what they're calling it now, I guess, mm -hmm. um, the video game and that, that kind of the fan, uh, outcry. Mm -hmm. I won't spoil it for people that don't know. Um, that came along with that. I think yeah. it, 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 I was still captivated by the story and I hadn't had any sort of real emotional tie to it as playing it. So yeah, we were in like, as soon as it was like, okay, this is great. Let's like, I love this. This is great. Um, the relationship really, I think they built it up very well. Um, it was very sweet and touching and I liked the whole, um, part where they kind of, showcase that it's the, the the reason that they're not affected is because they just keep barely missing that gluten um yeah in the entire episode the pancakes man the pancakes um and yeah so they just keep missing that gluten and then they um showcase kind of like in the background some stuff going on and slowly like the it's slowly changing so yeah it was good i like to I, I think it was a very shrewd decision and it seems obvious given his his direct involvement with the game and the, the original story, but bringing in Neil Druckmann to kind of be a co-creator, be a showrunner of sorts, if you will, on this was really smart. I thought that ensured the integrity of the story that was being adapted, which I can't say how many other video game adaptations have done that, but I have a feeling the number or the math on that is you know, pretty depressing. Um, but also getting Craig Mazin in here who did Chernobyl and having somebody who had that experience already making, you know, well-received uh, series for HBO and I thought that presented itself in the scenes like when Sarah is in the neighbor's house and she's looking for, I think, a VHS or a DVD or something on, in the living room. And it's the angle of the camera just shows the, the sickly 
grandmother in the background and it's blurry so you can't see a real clear view of her but you can kind of see something is not right with how she's moving and twitching and stuff and i was like fuck that that's chills <laughs> rushing down my spine and that wasn't in the original game so you had this very cohesive you know well <laughs> let me try that again you have this very very solid mixture of you know both what was you know, somebody making sure the game is being adapted well, and then somebody who's adding some new flavors to that story. And like that, I thought that was a, you know, that was really good stuff in that first episode. Yeah, I think the first whole first episode, like really did a good job of making you care about her. Um, mm -hmm. And I, again, knew she was not long for that world um and even natalie said like well i know like bella ramsey is the the other lead in this so i i had a feeling something it was not the things were not going to end well for sarah but uh she didn't know exactly what was going to happen either you know so yeah yeah i know i don't think i remember i don't really remember talking to Lindsay, asking like if she had guessed, but yeah, it was, it was an interesting experience going through it and seeing it all. And then yeah. as the episode progresses, like being dumped into the new world that you're in mm -hmm. and the, the whole like burning the bodies and that was pretty rough. Yeah. Um, things, get bleak very quickly and i mean i think anyone who has any sort of experience with consuming you know apocalypse end of the world you know, you know this type of content they you know you go in expecting that but there's something just so hopelessly you know so hopelessly just like immobile about this world that these people are living in. Like Joel is, you know, making deals on the side with guards and the guard is, you know, getting drugs from Joel because that's how he copes with his existence in this new world. So it just feels like you immediately get plunged into this, you know, apocalyptic type scenario where now things are we were familiar here but things are geez things are a little more rough than i'm used to in a way yeah and it, i feel like it does a good job of keeping the pace up for this like this the beginning is very action-packed um you know it, it quickly rises um and then we of course fall into this like the new world and everything but I do think it kind of then helps keep the pace going in an interesting way mm -hmm. um, within the, you know, introductions of Ellie and the fireflies, mm -hmm. um, the whole, like the, the deal with them getting out of Boston, um, the same guard finding them. Like it just does a really good job of keeping you engaged. There was no point where I was just like, I'm over this. 
mm-hmm. um, or like got distracted by looking at my phone. Like I definitely was on the edge of my seat the entire time. Yeah, I and I I felt that way for most of this show, this first season, I think, but especially in this first episode, even though I have experienced all this before, but that's how you know that they're doing it well, you know, because when you play, you know, a great game or, you know, something that you love, even if you know what's coming, you're always captivated when you, you know, do another playthrough or you revisit it again. So that shouldn't be any different, you know, here. Um, It was also a good sign for the intro of the show that they used the same music that they did from the game. I was like, okay, I I think we're in pretty good hands here. This this is a new feeling for a video. Where are we right now? This is cool. Yeah. So that was how it started out. And, you know, I think after that first episode, it was a pretty easy sale. I mean, I was going to keep going regardless, but, you know, Natalie was, you know, right there along with me. And, you know, we were pretty excited to see this through for the rest of the season. So nice. I was happy for that. Um, But then there were also things that were different from the game. And I think a good example of that is the episode with Nick Offerman. Number uh, three, wasn't it right? Number three, yeah. Yeah. In the game, I think it's Bill and Frank are the characters' names. Um, Bill and Frank are referenced by Joel and Tess in the game. You encounter Bill. You do not encounter Frank. You do not really get to know Bill that well. Um, You get some subtle hints about the nature of their relationship but nothing concrete so i thought it was very bold for Druckmann and mazin to approach that episode the way that they did and much like wow this is more heartbreaking because we got to spend more time with sarah before she bit the dust we get to see their entire relationship (laughs) blossom in this, which you did not get in the game. And thankfully I thought it was done pretty darn well and was happy with the result. Yeah. I think that was, um, I usually don't watch like the after commentaries stuff like this. Um, Mm -hmm. but I did really feel like it was, very informative where they talked about like, you know, like you said, we don't really get to see that relationship in the game. Um, We don't really see them all that much, but in them talking about it, where they're like, when we saw an opportunity to like tell the story that the game told, we, we would, because that was the best story. But then when we saw opportunities to expand or do something a little bit more, we took those opportunities to be able to tell uh, more stories. And I think this is one of those instances where taking that opportunity to just really, it, it really did a great job of ex, uh, exploring this world. And I, I'm seeing this more and more actually with TV shows, which I'm starting to enjoy is where they take time to tell a story that isn't part of the main, main thrust, 
mm-hmm. are doing a good job of keeping the attention and keeping the interest. Uh, we just watched uh, an episode of The Mandalorian um, oh, nice. that was was kind of around that. And then I also think of uh, The Bad Batch. I know two Star Wars things. and um, But I think they more and more TV shows are realizing that it's OK to let your story breathe from here and with, uh, you know, every once in a while. And it can do you really good. And I think this is one of those ones that did, you know, did really well to let you breathe. And I mean, I hadn't cried uh, in the first episode, um, but this one definitely. Oof, that was a lot of emotions um, between like dredging up feelings of my father and like seeing that experience. And it was just like left, right. And I was just like, oh, God, this is so is terrible this is hard and it was just amazing that this show got that level of emotion out of me from characters that i only had known for like you know 40 minutes yeah i mean it's it's a one shot with these two this is the correct way i think to adapt a video game because we all want to see it handled faithfully and with care We also understand that to a general audience, the main character wandering around looking for shit and maybe being stuck at a certain point in the game is not the most interesting way to to tell a story. And so I am perfectly okay with them expanding on the original content and, you know, some of the characters from that game. As long as the spirit of the story is, you know, still honored, you know, throughout that process. And I think it's very interesting to see how some of these other characters maneuver their way through this very bleak setting that we find ourselves in. I think it's very profound to see that two men were able to find love in each other in this world and i think the way they exited it was not something i was expecting having played the game so that was cool for me as well to have surprises in the show even being very familiar with the story and having played the game and so i think that's a clever way to adapt something like this because then there's there's something new for everybody, but nobody feels like, oh, you guys are, you know, screwing this up or anything like that. Yeah. And it didn't feel like they were um, pandering or like they huh. like it was an honest it was an honest story. And I think you have to give a lot of credit to those actors. <laughs> Offerman is such a manly man and other things, <laughs> such a classic, you know build everything, work with your hands type of man. Um, Bacon. He loves bacon. But um, I continue to be impressed by him in other works. And I thought those two actors together for, like you said, a very short time chemistry and evoke those emotions, even though they were quickly on their way out the door so we could get back to Joel and Ellie. Yeah. And moving from, you know, we're kind of going sequentially here, but I think that's appropriate given, you know, this is a TV series, but uh, (laughs) 
moving from that, I think Pedro Pascal really found a good center for Joel in these earlier episodes. One of the things that the showrunners say a lot when they're talking about why characters make decisions that they do is that, well, it's, it's a love story. You know, they're, they're going to make their, these choices they're making are, are based in love, you know, for the most part. And I think there's a little bit of truth to that. Um, I, I can, I can see why they think that way. I think grief actually plays a pretty large hand into why people are doing what they're doing. So when we get go through these first episodes and Joel has suffered pretty much the, the most unimaginable loss that you can as a parent, especially in that situation. And excuse me. And he's gotten to a point where he's done some unspeakable things, but he's, he's just, surviving and he tells ellie at a certain point yeah you're you're cargo you know we're i'm doing this you know because i'm there's something in it for me not because i really care about you and so they strike that balance early on and then they start opening it up to other characters and how they've operated in this world um, so Bill being unable to go on without Frank, he doesn't want to face that grief. You know, he's he's just going to end his life at the same time, so he doesn't have to face that. In the following episodes, when we get to Kansas City and we see that the uh, they're called OCs, right? The yeah. I think uh, so. I think that's or yeah. QCs or QZs or you know something like that. Oh yeah, yeah, QCs. Yeah, the the places where they're at. Yeah, we see the QC in Kansas City has fallen, and this you know this group of I guess freedom fighters or so they think has taken over control of that city, and the leader of that group, Kathleen. Her motivation for what she's doing and her pursuit of a specific character is based entirely out of grief and the vengeance that she wants out of that. So it's very fascinating to me because, yes, love is a motivation, but in this world, people do unspeakable things to avoid having to face their grief. And I think you see that manifest itself in a variety of ways. Yeah, I agree. It's one of those, um, like watching it and like the uh, understanding the frustration, the pain, like she lost a loved one specifically because somebody ratted him out. Yeah. And, you know, she was one of the main people that led this rebellion. But mm-hmm. then also like hiding secrets of the the whole like the the fungus among us uh you know growing underneath the ground it it just shows that she's just as bad as the people before she's just a different kind of bad yeah and yeah there's no there are really no 
quote unquote good people in a world like this like yeah to ensure your own survival you have to as i've said do pretty horrific things in order to ensure that it's you and not the other person who makes it out of that and so i mean we'll we can get more to that a little later but um i thought these episodes in kansas city were fascinating um we also of course meet the character of henry and his brother sam and talk about stuff that uh you know <laughs> more tragic this time than it was in the game and it feels like that kept happening to me that was a that was a recurring theme for someone who's played the game um just to provide that perspective for you just more, more more emotional damage seeing it with live people and how they play it than the game itself i think so and i think i also give a lot of credit to bella ramsey and for evoking some of that because i think there was probably you know as there is with a lot of casting there was controversy i think when she received that role but um i thought she won a lot of people over in that first episode and continued to do so um but this one with henry and sam i felt like was where she really kind of staked her claim on that character and truly made it hers and it's it's a tough situation man because you have this this brother who has betrayed um you know these people that you know he was he was working with to survive and now kathleen wants him dead because she blames him for her brother's death and he's just trying to get him and his brother out alive and you know they're gonna do whatever it takes and he tells joel that i i don't i can get out of here or i know the way out of here but i need you to clear the path essentially so we can and when we get to that point where sam of course has tragically been you know infected and he's he has this bond with ellie and then that takes a turn that whole scene was just masterfully done i thought and yeah it it did though make me and not to comment on like it was very very emotional i thought it was very well done um but it does make me go wow this is such a video game because guy misses shots left right and center but can peg his young his younger brother right in the head when she's he's flailing on the floor with a with another human being no problem one shot one kill like that's i was just like wow this is video game logic right here like i am now yep that's how video games work and i i want to circle back to that in a second um (laughs) but um i think just you know because he she tries to save sam because the whole premise of this show is that she's immune so joel's trying to smuggle her to the the fireflies lab so that you know they can use her to you know conjure up a cure and so she thinks that's her purpose and she tries you know 
to use their blood to save Sam, thinking that will work. Of course, it does not. And then when Sam has, or when Henry has to put Sam down, then he takes his own life. That reaction from Bella Ramsey was like, oh, fuck. Like, yeah, you're, you got this. Yeah. You're, <laughs> you're, you're making this your own. That's cool. Yeah. Um, I also appreciated the fact that the characters would miss shots sometimes <laughs> and waste bullets because that's how I felt playing the game, wasting a lot of ammo. Um, and they're screwed because they just have to continue forward in the story with that, whereas I can quit and go back to my checkpoint and try and do better so I have more supplies moving forward. But uh, they didn't have that luxury. Yeah. I also like, um, maybe this is just a comment on, uh, people pointed out that they were like, uh, when they were like this many miles outside of Boston, yeah. um, uh, people like said, I'm this many miles outside of Boston and it looks nothing like this. I did think that was interesting though, that they, they, they did a lot of fast traveling and it seemed like a lot of stuff that I was like, I don't think that would be good to eat any, I'm, I'm pretty sure you would that that's bad. Like you shouldn't be eating that or like those yeah. drugs are definitely worn off. Yeah. Um, there, there was a lot of suspension of disbelief. I feel like when it came to certain things like that. Yeah. And that kind of goes to the question of, do you maintain those sorts of things for the integrity of the game and the narrative you're adapting or do you try and, make it more realistic for the sake of, well, this is a TV show and we don't want people thinking or questioning, you know, that type of stuff. Yeah. I think I thought it was fine. I, I can forgive stuff like that when everything else is going well for the most part. I mean, I guess sure. Jesse, <laughs> I'm not, I can't be too picky, man. We it's been a rough journey for us to even get a decent adaptation so um but yeah i i think through this point i i think still doing a very good job with adapting this story and they kept introducing these new characters only to to tragically take them away from us and i think that had an impact on the general audiences and i i think the development of both joel and ellie and their characters um was reflected well from you know how they should be at that point in the game so yeah that was i was satisfied to that point i mean that's good yeah so moving forward what would you like to touch on next um so do you want to talk about the bloater real quick? Yeah, I would say the, I think that was a good thing that they did was they, they sh because we'd seen a few of the, the infected, the, um, uh, the fungus, the cordyceps. Yeah. Cordyceps. Um, and then you have your clickers, which Pat, did you think the clickers looked convincing or was it kind of cheesy for you? Um, I thought it was all right. Like it's, it seemed okay. I didn't think it was the, the greatest like horror uh, character I've ever seen in a live action 
film or series, but it, it was it was pretty well done overall. Yeah, I I, th- I think so too. It it seemed it seemed okay. Like it, it wasn't. It's kind of a ridiculous thing to have to put into live action. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's 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 the same thing. Like um, I saw them talking about like how in the game there's like spores you have to walk through with masks, and it's like well. If there were really spores, they'd be everywhere. So they they just didn't even. They're like, no, this is just not something we're going to spend time on. Um, I did like how they did, like certain things like that. They did take the liberty of being like, now nah, we aren't going to deal. Like this is this is video game logic where we're, we're just going to let it be that. No. And ignore it. The, but I, the... I like I did like, though, at the end, though, is just like to show like this like this is a serious problem like it isn't just like one or two because at that point we've seen a few of them we've seen them kind of coming around but like that just shows you how like entirely brutal the experience can be mm-hmm. um I, I again mostly just i have questions about the world that they're living in like what purpose does like they what, like why do they attack like that like wh- is it about spreading the spores then like wouldn't just like one little quick little bite and then like you just move on but they were like ripping people to shreds and crap. And I was just like, okay, interesting. Yeah. And it, again, it's been a long time since I played the game. So I can't remember, especially in these later episodes, how large of a presence um, the clickers, the infected, with the cordyceps and all those people had, but um, I I do feel like it was a little more expansive in the game than it was here, and I I don't really know if uh, there was any rhyme or reason to how they went about infecting people or you know, whatnot. But um, I thought that episode with the bloater. And they pretty much, that's the end of Kansas City, yeah. <laughs> unfortunately. Uh, unless you're a Broncos fan. But um, <clears throat> I I thought that showcased that, you know, this, this is a world that's, this is lost, you know, for the most part. Like, anyone who's still alive is basically screwed and, you know, just staving off the inevitable as long as they can, which is also a theme that they return to. But, uh I thought the bloater looked pretty cool and and a nice touch with how they adapted that antagonist is that when you encounter this, you know, big beefy bastard in the game, if you do get killed by him, he rips you up the same way he ripped up Perry, who was Kathleen's second in command. So it's little stuff like that that, you know, made you glad that Druckmann was on board for this. That's fun. <laughs> Not really, but at least I could acknowledge it like, ah, oh, yeah, that's, that's <laughs> what happens. Um, moving forward, I think we, we see Tommy in this, the reunion with Joel. What did you think about the scenes, the episode where, you know, they have their reunion and that's like the most civilized place we see in this world. Um, I, I like how his brother, the brother doesn't know that he lives in a hippie commune. Um, <laughs> effectively a communist commune. Um, they, they had a little fun with some social commentary there. Yeah. Right. Um, 
I th- it was good. It was cool. It was, um, it was very nice to see them reunited. Um, and you do kind of get a little bit more of, uh, Joel's backstory. You like, you know, that he killed people, he killed people for money, mm-hmm. uh, effectively. And that's, you know, his brother, that's why his brother was like, I just can't do it. And at this point, like all you, we've been really introduced to his brother was like, he's a, he's a shithead. He's an idiot. You know, he's missing. He's maybe going to be dead soon. Yeah, exactly. It was all very kind of like negative stuff about his brother. And then you kind of see a little bit more and you learn like, Oh no, he left because he was unhappy with what he was doing and wanted to, he wanted to do something more uh, for the world. And he clearly didn't feel like the path that he was on with Joel was going to lead him there. So he, was like i gotta duck out and you know do something more and join the the fireflies who then still didn't give him what he wanted so it's i think a very interesting dynamic in the sense going back to just the the effects that grief have on these people and how it drives everyone's motivation and their purpose for Joel, um, being reminded by seeing Tommy, you know, of his past life and the fact that his brother was able to move on from a very tragic moment that they both experienced together with the death of Sarah. Whereas from Tommy's perspective, he has a chance to kind of start over and yeah, it sucks to Kind of leave my brother high and dry, but I don't, I don't want to feel this way anymore. And so I'm going to take my fate in my own hands, so to speak, and start over. And I like that it kept presenting itself in different ways, that theme. And that you expect, well, he's going to, Joel's going to ride in and save Tommy from wherever he's at whatever sticky situation he's in this time and yeah tommy's all good tommy doesn't need saving and i think joel throughout this series keeps finding himself thrust into situations where he's just he's trying to stave off that grief that he's feeling by any means necessary and he keeps kind of getting thwarted by the circumstances that he finds himself in yeah so but i thought it was well done um i i can't speak that accurately to how joel gets injured i know it's a lot different in the game in terms of the context but you know pretty much you know uh tit for tat there where he he gets stabbed and now it's kind of on ellie to take care of him and it it flips things on its head and i thought that was fairly well done as well yeah um how did you feel moving forward and now we're to the point where in the game you're playing as ellie because joel is incapacitated for the most part how did you feel about the fact that we did a flashback of like a full flashback episode here fairly late in the show and gave you more backstory on Ellie? 
I I thought it was good. I thought it was it 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 really allowed for us to see that Ellie, uh, you know, because we keep seeing Ellie this you know rough and tumble, um, kind of gal, uh, and it allowed us to see that she cares about you know she she really she had somebody she really cared about and she had this experience in her life that you know kind of puts her in the same place as joel in some way where it she's hurt and it hurt her to experience it and now she's got to continue going on mm -hmm. um you, so were you yeah. happy to see mortal kombat 2 make an appearance in this? I, I thought that was fun yeah <laughs> I did not play that part of I I think it was either DLC or it was in Last of Us 2 or both. I but I did not play that. So for me that was all brand new. I know because fandom can be this way. There was a lot of controversy about certain things that take place in that, which we won't get into. I felt like the pacing in this episode kind of set the tension, the urgency of the show back a little bit because you go from Joel is stabbed, he's in a basement, she's, you know, dying essentially, and trying to get Ellie to just leave him, you know, and save her own skin. And then we flash back for pretty much the entire episode. And I didn't have any problem with how anything was done in that flashback sequence i thought it did give you some context and some more insight into how ellie became the person that she is at the start of the series but i did feel this episode kind of slowed or you know try that again i feel like it i feel like it kind of grinded the the pacing a little bit at least where we left off previously yeah i mean you're not wrong it it was much much slower than all the previous episodes and and that's just kind of maybe a personal preference for me i don't like when we leave an urgent situation to you know flashback to expand on a character's backstory or, you know, go to another place in, in time. I feel like we're kind of just left wondering, well, what's happening to Joel, you know? And of course <laughs> I, I know he's going to be okay, but trying to remain objective in terms of, you know, how, how I felt that affected the series as a whole. Right. Yeah. I mean, it was, uh it was interesting to see and like her getting bitten and then like it, it, you, it does add that intrigue of like, Oh, is this, is this when she like realized she's immune? Like, Oh, okay. Like, are we going to learn more that type of stuff? So, um, nice of them to give her happiness and to immediately rip it away. So yeah, yeah, no, absolutely. No, we can't, we, these are main characters in a video game. We can't have them be too happy like this. No, it's, it's gotta, it's gotta stay somewhat tragic. Through. Yeah. Um, and then I think after that episode, and then this is what I remember from the first game where you are again playing as Ellie 
and you encounter this other group of survivors where they present themselves as, you know, we're on the up and up where we don't mean you any harm. And from what I remember playing the game, you kind of get a sense pretty quickly that, you know, there's something more sinister taking place here. Yep. What I also find amusing about that is the character of David who runs this other group of survivors and ultimately turns into an antagonist in the game as well as the show was voiced by Nolan North in the game who voices Nathan Drake in Uncharted. Hmm. Always fun. And then in the show, David's right-hand man is played by Troy Baker who, of course, voices Joel in the video game. So you have this nice little overlap in the show as well, where characters who were in the game actually got roles in the show, which I thought was pretty cool. I don't think many adaptations, if any, have really done that. Yeah. Well, and then, I mean, they, they bring it back in uh, when with Ellie's mom, right? Too later with um, Yeah, Ashley Johnson. Yeah. Who strikingly actually kind of looks like a little bit like Bella Ramsey. So it's like, damn. <laughs> yeah, it worked out that worked out real well for them. <laughs> How fortuitous can we get here? Jeez. Yeah. <laughs> um I thought it was good for the most part. I was a little disappointed in David, who I remember being a bit more of an imposing antagonist from a just an animalistic point of view because of course in the show when he reveals his true purpose and it's obviously very horrifying who this man actually is and the fact that he his intentions for Ellie are obviously very horrific as well in the game he kind of like he's like just a intimidating bastard because as this building is burning down he he's essentially hunting you through this burning building and i was kind of waiting for that same level of suspense and threatening nature from him in the show still you know, real bastard in the show, to be clear. But I felt like he was dispatched fairly easily. And that was, as much as I did enjoy the episode, that was kind of a letdown for me. But from the non-game playing perspective, Michael, how did you feel? Yeah, I think, um, I mean, it was very clear that they were bad. Like, it, was, it just was like, oh, cool. Like, religious white dude in the apocalypse evil like that's just the telegraphing thing and i even saw some stuff online that talked about like uh christians getting the flack again for being you know evil and stuff like that and i was like i think it's more the fact that like it's so easy to showcase the how to phrase this unfortunately that uh fervor and faith Mm -hmm. can be so easily turned into something malicious and terrible and Mm -hmm. it is a coding that we have now in media that anyone that is that religiously has that religious fervor they're coded as potentially being somebody who's going to be bad because they take it to an extreme and unfortunately 
we're seeing that in our, our even our real world here is that that is something that happens a lot. Yeah, there was there was definitely some commentary there. I thought that aspect was actually the most sinister part of him because mm-hmm. he tells Ellie, I, I didn't find God until after the world ended. And you take that to mean, well, he's trying to convince her that, you know, he, he found a new purpose, I guess, after the world ended and that he he could do some good which of course we know is bullshit but that's what he's telling her yeah and then after you see what transpires and even something as simple as him slapping that girl for speaking out of turn when he is speaking yeah or the look that he gives her because they're they're cannibals they don't know it but he's turned all these people into cannibals yep he gives her that knowing look after she had asked him previously, can we bury my father? And he rejects that because it's winter and the ground is too frozen, which not an implausible explanation necessarily. Oh yeah, no, it's very, very <laughs> true. Like that ground is definitely frozen. Like there was snow everywhere. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but uh, it, he has some layers to just, what a fucking malicious bastard he is. And that's the best part of him. Um, I did feel like, and maybe this is something they'll continue, you know, in the next season, but Ellie was the most dangerous person (laughs) in that town at that time. Cause she, you know, was carving up dudes left and right. (laughs) Yeah. I also did, like and we're going back to the theme of how do we respond to grief here that as soon as joel recognizes that ellie's in trouble and there's these men who are trying to kill him he doesn't really care about that yeah but that they're a threat to her he man he's like the terminator man for (laughs) how he immediately goes into that mode and he is brutal and he is terrifying and he has no mercy for anyone. Yeah. And I think that also speaks to just the the full-on level of brutality with how some of these characters react to these situations and go to these really extreme measures to survive and to get what they want. And he's he's torturing guys. Yeah. <laughs> to to get that information and you know dispatching them with extreme prejudice yeah i mean we see that darker side of joe uh joel there that i we we haven't really seen up to this point and that's what tommy was afraid of when he saw him again which i liked so i i thought that was a good episode that was my only gripe was that man i david you should have been you should have been a little tougher to kill than you were (laughs) yeah you got taken down pretty easily yeah also i just I, I understand it's like uh set and stuff like that, but like the whole, like there's like nobody from that town, like was like, Hey, should we go check out that giant fire? That, that too kind of stood out to me that, I mean, this was a, a pretty large group of people who were living in this new civilization. They're just kind of like, Oh, billions burning, I guess, whatever. <laughs> you don't see any of them again. You also have the poignant moment where Ellie has suffered a very tragic, probably the, the most dramatic event of her life 
and you see a switch almost where Ellie kind of goes into Joel's position of she's too far removed because of what she's experienced to be the person she was. And Joel kind of reverts back into dad mode. And it's the first time that you see him have that affection for her, which was one of the most powerful moments in the game. And I thought, I thought the actors did a good job of, you know, portraying that here. Yeah. And that leads us to the finale, Michael. So what did you think of the finale? Um, I thought it was, I mean, okay. Um, I definitely felt I, I lost interest and was distracted. Like I had, I, I like at one point I was like, yeah, I'm looking at my phone a lot more than I have been previously. I was kind of a little disappointed with it. Um, it didn't have the same emotional feel that the previous ones did. Yeah. Um, I did like the, them bringing the giraffe. Um, my question is why they couldn't get a real giraffe for that moment. <laughs> um, why it had to be CGI. Like, just I'm just throwing it out there. That's pretty easy. Like giraffes love to be fed things. Like get his Cheyenne Zoo has an entire area where there's just giraffes getting fed food all day long. Like they just love that crap. So I don't understand why they had to make a CGI. Like they could have just taken a quick trip to a zoo or something like that to like not have it be CGI. It they, spent, seems... they spent too much on the bloater. Yeah, I guess so. Um but yeah, no, I was it was good i liked the um, i liked the the character moments in here were nice um the like explanation of the scar and like ellie realizing like joel is opening up to her in a new way that he hasn't before and kind of starts peeling her out of this uh shell that she's like the funk she's been in since the last episode um mm -hmm. and with the ending of that experience um and so you kind of start seeing them open up and then we get to the firefly stuff. <laughs> it was very rushed. I thought. Yeah. Um, and again, long time since the game, but I didn't feel the overall level of tension leading up to that climatic scene in the hospital where, you know, Joel's just again, full, Terminator, Terminator mode. Yeah, definitely Terminator mode. Yeah, I, I especially felt that there. <laughs> just without any any trouble whatsoever, just destroying everybody. And I also thought it was interesting, the infected had zero presence in this episode and really any of the like last episodes. And I know that was a bit of a departure from the game. I don't know necessarily why they made that change because I feel like it undercut some of the tension of this world they're living in, especially after he's able to rescue her from the fireflies as they're trying to essentially just harvest her brain to conjure up that cure. And then they are able to get back to, you know, where Tommy lives without any trouble whatsoever, other than, you know, their car broke down at the very end. And I was like, yeah. Hmm. I feel like you could have injected just a little bit more and just remind us, Hey, this world still <laughs> sucks. There's a danger at every turn. Whereas it kind of turned all to towards the human threats at the end. And I don't know that they forgot 
about that so much as they really wanted to focus on that particular aspect of the story. But I did feel like we kind of lost some of that tension that we had in the earlier episodes. I mean, like part of me understands it's, it's a fungus, um, like cold weather isn't its friend. So sure. like part of me was just like, Oh, it's because it's, you know, freezing cold right now. And that's why, mm-hmm. um, but also like, yeah, I felt the same way. I was just like, where did all the, you know, terrible, horrific monsters go? Um, guys, yeah. anybody yeah. like you could have done something like, and again, I, I don't remember exactly what happens, but you could have done something where he's going through the hospital. He's trying to fight his way to Ellie. He gets pinned down maybe by a couple of guys who aren't total pushovers on easy mode. (laughs) And, you know, then maybe it's like, oh, there were a couple of infected that, you know, just like tends to happen in this world, just kind of popped up out of nowhere (laughs) and, you know, took those guys out. He gets to Ellie and then, he saves her, and it's like, oh shit! Now I got to deal with these guys on the way back, or or something like that. I'm- yeah. Well, it, it's also that thing I, that it feels like um, they could have introduced that as like a slight tension thing, but it it did really feel just rushed, and yeah. I I didn't like how T was complete to like just zero cares, just walking around pops out, shoots that one guy straight down the hallway that's actively shooting at him. I was like, okay, now. Like, they kind of montaged it, too. And uh, I half expected him to just, like, do it Arnold style, where he's got the <laughs> assault rifle in one hand and the shotgun in the other, and just no no trouble whatsoever. Get to the chopper! Yeah. Yeah. You know, type thing. So, yeah, it was disappointing a little bit. I they didn't land that plane as well as I thought they needed to, to really end this on the note that it deserved given what they had already accomplished. But, you know, I, overall, I, there was still things to like about that last episode. I, and we go back to grief again, where, you know, Joel absolutely does not want to feel like he did when his daughter died ever and he's going to do whatever it takes to avoid feeling that way ever again yeah fuck the world yeah fuck the world he might have some love for ellie i i think that's that's definitely possible but that's not his motivation here he's like i'm i'm just not dealing with that again and fuck it (laughs) (laughs) so and that was interesting and then their last conversation, which, you know, is right from the game where it's pretty obvious. Ellie does not believe his version of events and yeah. is convinced he's, he's bullshitting her, but he's still here and he's stuck with her longer than anyone. And he did, he's always come through for her. So she has to believe him to avoid that, that feeling again. Right. And I appreciate that that theme was present throughout the entire season. And I thought that was, you know, that was how it was in the game. And they honored that here. I mean, that's good to know that that was something that they brought. And, you know, I stuck around and watched all the the after credit things or the explanation short docu stuff on it. And it, 
it did really feel like they were a passionate group of people um, talking about like something they really did care about. And like, they were like, no, we did this because we liked it. We did this because the story was good. To your point, I usually do not like to watch those after, after show behind (laughs) the scenes specials either, at least while I'm watching it for the first time, because it kind of takes me out of the experience, but we watched all those too. And I thought they were interesting. Oh yeah. They were, they were solid. So overall, I, I don't think it was perfect. I, to be honest, I don't think the game is perfect. I was playing it recently and I thought parts of it were buggy as shit, but uh, <laughs> as far as video game adaptations go, Michael, I don't think there's been anything really that comes anywhere close to this. Yeah. I mean, if, this has gotten me excited to play the game and kind of experience it. And I mean, even, even Lindsay's wanting to like watch me play it, but she's, she's interested in it and she wants to know more about the game. And, you know, it's, it's fun and interesting. So I think it's really worth that experience to say like, yeah, we, we wanted to play this. So. Yeah. And to circle back to where I started, I asked Natalie after we watched the last episode, are, are you happy that we watched this together? And she's like, yeah, I, th- I thought it was really good. And I was like, oh, thank- that's all I needed. <laughs> that, that vindicates this entire journey for me. So thank you. But I hope the lasting impact of this is that other studios other executives look at this and they see how well it's been received and they acknowledge the fact that Druckmann, one of the creators of the game was directly involved and how well everything was honored and how faithful it was and they go sorry and they go this is the path for us moving forward and i know they're are a lot of other stories, a lot of other games that would benefit from this same approach. So I have my fingers crossed that this has a larger influence than just doing this one game. Well, yeah, we can dream. We can dream. We we can hope we can pray. (laughs) Yeah, no, I agree. It was, um, I'm happy I watched it. I'm happy. Lindsay was like, yeah, let's do it. And I was like, all right, I'm, curious to see what they will do for season two since the part two of this game is not gotten the best uh, reception and i can't speak to that because i haven't played the game i do know given some of the character traits of ellie and we've already in this first season touched on some of the LGBTQ aspects of her, but I think that's part of it. And hopefully they find a good path forward and hopefully everybody is just super chill with all that. But uh, yeah, uh, as with most fandoms, dude, things can be a little toxic in the last of us corner of the world. Yeah. I mean, I've heard varying reasons of why the, uh, why people were mad about particular characters where they ended up where they were in this next one it just seems like it kind of was not what people wanted from the game and i don't know who knows what they'll do for season two 
maybe I'll play it so I can maintain the same perspective. Yeah. <laughs> Next episode we do for this, but uh, yeah, if like we said, if you're on the fence, you now you've stuck with us for this long, so we spoiled the shit out of it for you. But uh, we're 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 pretty happy. We we we're not going to complain that much because no. usually we're not treated this well as video game fans. No, yeah, I mean this is tr- truly, yeah, pretty solid. Pretty solid. And Pedro Pascal, man, nerd hero. Yeah, he's doing really well as a father figure for. Uh adopted child of some kind yeah well uh we'll be doing the mandalorian soon i gotta i gotta get caught up but uh we'll be talking about him again yeah perfect um i think we'll wrap it up here uh thank you so much for listening to uh hit the reel the podcast where we talk about the entertainment that we consume and uh what we really think about it uh we try to get this podcast out weekly usually on saturdays sometimes on sundays depends on how much i'm doing that weekend um but uh, if we got something wrong or if uh, I should just bite the bullet and buy the full price game on Steam so I can play it, uh, let us know at hitTheRealPodcast at gmail.com. Again, that's hitTheRealPodcast at gmail.com. We'd love to hear from you. Also, feel free to take a look at our Patreon in the description of the episode. We'd love the support. And like always, hey, keep it real.